Hello and welcome back to Beyond Boards, a podcast dedicated to the actions and interests of skaters beyond skateboarding. My guest today, Bastien Rogest, grew up and started skating in Montpellier in the south of France. He quickly picked up a camera and started filming his friends but never stopped skating himself. Since 2019, his crew of friends have put out no less than three full-length videos under the name and brand Beer, focusing mostly on the scene in Montpellier but also traveling to other cities in France and abroad. Aside from the beer projects, Bastien has been putting out a lot of video content for Jérémy Daclin's brands Film Trucks and Bonjour Urethane, including parts with Tom Botwit, Ben Koppel, Victor Cascarini, and more. I had the opportunity to sit down with him for a nice chat early July 2023 as he was about to release his newest full-length Beer 3. So here's my conversation with Bastien, I hope you'll enjoy it. Bastien, really honored to uh, finally do this interview with you. Yeah, finally. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about doing this for a long time. So uh, yeah, thank you for being so patient and uh, thank you for uh, taking the time to finally do it today. Yeah, thank you for the interview. I'm glad we have been chatting about skateboarding for a while, but yeah, yeah. it'll be good to really like talk in real life. So. And so, yeah, I usually start, you know, the same way with every guest and just talk about how my guest started skating. But before we do that, I just wanted to ask you about like uh, your accident that just happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you had like this bicycle accident and broke your nose. And I was just wondering how everything was going since then. Uh, it's been all right. I think I healed uh, really quick. I broke my nose, but I didn't need any uh, surgery to uh, replace it. Okay. My neck is still uh, sore, but other than that, I uh, started to skate a bit uh, this weekend and uh, yeah, hopefully it's going to be all right uh, during the summer. But yeah, it was a, f I don't know, a stupid accident. Sometimes it's uh, when it's the most stupid uh, that stuff happens. For sure. Pretty much a uh, bike uh, downhill to a wall and I did like uh, the best face plant uh, ever. <laughs> <laughs> that must have hurt, yeah. Blood everywhere, uh, yeah, from the nose, from uh, my Were you lips. alone or, or were you with someone? Uh, I was alone. Uh, it was in my, um, in my residence and uh, some, like a, a couple uh, drove through and they saw me with my uh, face uh, covered in blood and they uh, drove me to the hospital. So okay. then I uh, stayed there until like 3 a.m. It was a long night. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, that must have been pretty horrible. Yeah, yeah you just want to take some fresh air, like back around, and then you end up at the hospital. For yeah, 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 yeah. Like something stupid. But yeah, I'm all right. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to hear you're doing okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, t tell me about like starting skating. So I know that you live in Montpellier, but I'm not sure if you actually grew up there. And for the listeners who are yeah. tuning in and who are maybe in, outside of France, uh, Montpellier is in the south of France by the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah, so tell me about like where you grew up and, and how you picked up your first skateboard. Yeah, so I was born in Montpellier. Uh, I grew up in a small uh, town near the beach called La Grande Motte and uh, pretty much started skateboarding there. But it was like my cousin had a skateboard and uh, sometimes he like took it with him during like early days. Mm -hmm. We were just like going to the skate park and uh, going through the, the ramps, uh, sitting on the board. But I think it was in yeah 2007 or Christmas 2006 where my aunt gave us a gift that we 
already had with my brother and uh, I ch- exchanged the gift it was at Gosport which is like Decathlon right yeah and I exchanged the gift uh, with a skateboard and my dad just say like uh, okay like you're already like playing uh, Tony Hawk pro skaters and all the skate games because I really like the music on the, the games mm-hmm. so I was really already into like skateboarding without actually skating and uh, my dad just say yeah just take your skateboard and uh, I can like teach you how to just push around because you knew how to do it so we yeah we took a skateboard and um, I met my brother on the parking lot of laser game because my brother was at a, a birthday of a friend okay and uh, we went there earlier uh, before the birthday finished and uh, I just started skateboarding on the parking lot of uh, the laser game in Montpellier <laughs> uh, and then my brother uh, came out of the, the laser game and he saw me skating he was like oh yeah so cool and then he was like oh I need I want a skateboard too and so he, he bought a skateboard like uh, one day after and we went to the skate park together with my brother and since then uh, yeah we're still skating uh, it's been like uh, uh, six, 16, 16 years yeah 16 years is your brother younger than you I think yeah yeah, yeah. he's younger uh, three years younger but he's like way taller <laughs> like a, a beast <laughs> okay it's kind of fun to see him skating like he has like a lot of power and when he lands everything is like pff, like a big impact and how old were you when you started you said it was in 2007 how yes. old were you at that time so i was uh, 11 okay, so i was so ele- 11 and uh, my brother was eight so yeah the the local skate park in la grande mat was I don't know, 10 minutes skating from uh, where we lived mm-hmm. and we could also see the skate park from where we live so we used the uh, lens zoom lens to see if uh, we were seeing people at the skate park before going there so we could see before going to the skate park if it was empty or not and uh, oh i see i see okay it was pretty pretty fun to uh, just uh, to be like oh there's nobody there uh, let's just wait and yeah until some other some people yeah. come i see yeah okay because back, back then you don't have any social media and so that was the way we knew like if the skate park was empty or crowded so okay and so you said you started skating and you were already like playing tony hawk video games and kind of already interested in skateboarding culture it looks like do you remember maybe like the first magazine and the first videos that you watched around that time so the first videos were uh, the videos that you unlock at the end of uh, oh, the, yeah. video, the video games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was like um, a remix of multiple video parts, I guess. And you could see like uh, it was a big montage with all the, the pro skaters. Yeah, I think it's like tricks from different parts at the time and they remix everything with a, a new song. Mm-hmm. So uh, I already knew like the skater names, uh, Eric Custon, Andrew Reynolds, uh, Paul Rodriguez, and they were all in the games. And mm-hmm. first magazine was a sugar magazine that I bought after I really started skateboarding. And if I can remember, I think it was a Belgium skater that doesn't skate anymore, but it was a big 5 on a, on a hub. Okay. shot with a fisheye and the sugar um, font was in pink so that's what i remember from the the cover but okay. i can't remember the skater name <laughs> so you started skating with your brother and i guess you started meeting friends and skating with them and everything and when did you start filming did you start filming in those early days as a teenager or did filming come later when you were like becoming an adult uh f- no i, I mean i started 
filming pretty quick after I started because uh, my dad uh, already like filmed us with my brother like we were going to like some small trips uh, on the weekends and sometimes he was bringing the camera and he was doing the edits for us okay and uh, one time uh, I pretty much told him oh it could be cool to do my own edits and he taught me how to do video editing on a, a very bad software called um, Studio Pinnacle Studio 8 and it was like so bad you couldn't <laughs> do slow motion with the sound and I, I remember like watching the videos and uh, trying to uh, copy what I was seeing like slow motion with the I don't know Ty Evans slow motion oh, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> like special effects like ramp slow-mo sound and uh, I couldn't do that mm. and also I couldn't like cut the videos to make uh, for example the slow motion only on the tricks so I had to only like count the second of the clip and cut in a really weird way the clips to make <laughs> okay. a slow it was like a, a nightmare but I guess yeah it was already like maybe easier than the people that were doing videos back then on VHS and yeah. stuff but it was still very bad <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then, I don't know, I think for the next Christmas, I asked for a camera and, yeah, my parents offered me, like, a, a very, like, very small camera and I started to make some small edits at the skate park with some people that we met. La Grande Mutte is very small, so, like, the people that I was skating with were the older people at the middle school. Mm -hmm. So I was feeling kind of fresh going at the middle school after I started skateboarding because I was hanging out with like older oh, yeah. people there. The older guys, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I was always like a kind of shy kid, uh, kind of not being in the trends and stuff. And when I started skateboarding, I felt way better and hanging out with like older people and felt... It gave you confidence. Yeah, more cool. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I have a YouTube channel. I don't know, I was like 12. And back then, yeah, nobody had like YouTube channel and stuff, so... Okay. It was fun. But I remember the first edit I did, I made like a small DVD because that was the pretty much the only way you can share your edits. And then like YouTube started to uh, implement yeah the uploading so people could upload on YouTube. And so oh, yeah. I think the first video I uploaded was at the end of 2007. Okay. So oh, it was like a small edit, like three minutes and... Uh, with the Gorillaz song. I was like, oh, I already have a good taste. <laughs> that was pretty fun. <laughs> that was a, a fun edit to do. Yeah. And then at the end of 2007 was when Fully Flared came out. Oh, yeah. So I was already like doing small edits and stuff. And then I saw Fully Flared and yeah, that changed. <laughs> yeah, that was like the first big video that really uh, impacted you. Yeah, that was like the first video that I was waiting for because... Yeah. Back then, like the big videos were uh, around for a long time. So the big videos that I saw when I started was uh, Skate More, Almost uh, Round 3, Baker 3, like all those videos. Mm -hmm. But Fully Flared was the one where uh, people in the magazine were teasing. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was like the, the big video that people were waiting for. And yeah, I remember uh, seeing it and I was like blown away. Also yeah. seeing the trick names in the magazine. I think Sugar made an article about it and they were talking about like the top three tricks in the video and they were like interviewing a few pros that were there. Okay. And I remember like just reading the tricks and I was like, what? Is it possible? Like, mm. <laughs> I remember like reading the Backsmith Impossible out from Mike Aron and I was like, oh, is that possible? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that's interesting that it's one of the first videos that really impacted you at that time yeah okay yeah and that was yeah for example like now i understand but i think minefield came out a little bit after 2009 yeah yeah that was like the next big video after fully flared i remember and i was like not really into it at the time because i was more like in the free flare like big explosion big trees <laughs> yeah, technical yeah. and stuff and minefield was more artistic and yeah. a lot of uh, stuff in between and i was like oh, i'm not getting the vibe the but same now feeling I, yeah, yeah n now i love the video i love minefield but back then i was like what it's not <laughs> like <laughs> I yeah. was more into, yeah, the transport videos, like, and now, and those videos, but yeah, the Mindfield, I was not getting the vibe yet, Yeah. but it came after. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand, it's it's definitely, uh, I guess, more experienced skaters would uh, enjoy yeah. it more, or older skaters, because it's so aesthetic and everything, yeah. Like f fine wine. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. And so we talked about filming, like, did you learn how to film and how to edit all by yourself? Or you said that your dad kind of showed you how yeah. to do a few things. Like, did you have other friends around you or other skaters, older skaters that kind of uh, helped you uh, out? Or? Not that much. I was pretty much on my own, just yeah, filming at the skate park and uh, making small edits and try. And yeah, you just try, experiment get better slowly uh, yeah and then uh, i don't know you try to make a, a fisheye but with like some really bad lens and you're like oh yeah i have a fisheye but just you just have the vignette you don't have any deformation <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you just try to experiment what you see on the videos but also a big impact for sure was the first dvd i had was a video called the uh, mofo is back Oh, and this yeah, is yeah. the local video from Montpellier. Mofos, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, uh, it was made Proust, by uh, 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 Luc Anglès and Boris Proust. And also, first, because I was like still like super new into skateboarding, I thought they were like Americans or like very yeah, big pros. Yeah. But then I see like the spots in Montpellier and I recognize some of the, the spots and I'm like, oh, people come to Montpellier to skate. <laughs> I <didn't laughs> yeah. get I didn't get it, but then I saw like Boris Proust in real life, and uh, then I was like, okay, so they are like local, Locals. they're from here, yeah. and so yeah, after, like down the road, I was like, okay, it's possible like to have local videos as well, not only the big American videos. Sure. Also, like put a, a perspective on uh, what was possible. But yeah, the like local videos were also a big uh, inspiration. Did you eventually meet with them, the Mofo's crew, like Boris and Luke and everybody? Did you cross paths with them? Uh, yeah, but like a long time after. It was in 2015 or 16. Okay. I remember like seeing Boris Proust uh, at a party one time. Then I moved to Montpellier for my studies and stuff. And uh, that's why you connect with the, I mean, more locals. And right. yeah, I ran into Boris Proust. And I guess you have seen like some clips on Facebook or because it was still on Facebook, not much Instagram back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it was like, oh, yeah, we are going skating this weekend. Uh, like, send me a text, come with us uh, to film. And he was filming for uh, uh, Mofo Diad, which is pretty much the last big Mofo video that I did. Okay. And yeah, I started to film for the video and also helping him filming second angles and stuff. So I was already more filming at the time, but also like filming with him was also a yeah, big uh, push for me, a big... Uh, mm. I learned way more like when you have like the wrong settings and then he's like, oh, I can't use the clip and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, yeah, then uh, you learn from that like because he was already like a big filmmaker at the time. He made the cliche... Yeah. Yeah, he made a... Uh, bon voyage. Yeah, that's right, yeah. 
bon voyage, but he made also a lot of uh, trip videos and uh, at the time he was working on the Gypsy Life video, which is the last big cliche video before uh, right. the brand stopped. So. Is he still around, Boris Proust? I guess he's around my age, maybe a bit older, and I'm not sure. Yeah, but, uh... he's still uh, filming a lot, but not skating. He works like for a lot of stuff, but not in the skateboarding uh, field. And now that we have a new skate park in Montpellier, uh, he's back. <laughs> okay. Sometimes like you can't, you don't see him skating for like uh, months, and then he comes back with uh, the worst setup ever, like the worst shoes, like slip-ons, but like super blown-out slip-ons, <laughs> and then he does a crazy like feeble kickflip out first try, and you're like, ah. Still got it. Yeah, still maybe the best skater of Montpe out of Montpellier. I guess. Yeah. If you rewatch some of the parts that he made back then, there are like some very heavy tricks. Yeah, like tech and also rail. So. Yeah, yeah, good style. Yeah. And so eventually, like uh, as you were growing up, you started doing freelance filming uh, jobs here and there. You did a bunch of things for Film Trucks and Bonjour Urethane, which is Jeremy Daclin's uh, wheel brand. But aside from that, I think I read, you did an interview with a Irregular magazine about two years ago. And you said in there that you did a bunch of filming jobs, but like in and out of skating, like you did weddings, yeah. graduation parties, concerts. And I was just wondering like how helpful that has been for you to do all these various things and not just focus on skating. Can you tell me about like um, slowly developing this filming uh, activity? Yeah, I mean, pretty much everything switched after I had the opportunity to do an internship in San Francisco. Okay. Back then I was filming, like, as I said, like skate park edits and a small edit with my friends. And I was uh, a freshman in, uh, at the university. Uh, I was studying computer science. Okay. But in, in my mind, I was like, oh, I kind of want to do like filming and more filmmaking. But sometimes it's hard to find a job if you study in that. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm still going to do it on the side, but I'm going to try to do uh, computer science. But then I signed up for, um, it was like a special program uh, where you have more classes and also you had to do an internship during the summer. Okay. So I was like kind of forced to find an internship and I was like, oh, I don't want to do an internship in Montpellier and work during the summer. So let's just try to find an internship uh, abroad. And, yeah. Yeah. and my cousin, uh, she used to work for a company in San Francisco, a fitness company called TRX which is like some uh, body weight equipment uh, that you can see like all the gyms and stuff. And she knew that they had uh, a video department in-house. So they don't, uh, they don't hire um, agencies to do uh, videos and media. Right. So she used uh, some old contacts to find the new uh, person in charge of the media department. And uh, I sent like a cold email. Uh, I'm looking for an internship. I'm doing skate videos on the side, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And um, I had the best luck ever because the guy, Tyler, is a skater as well. Oh, okay. Wow. And he said, uh, okay, like if you know how to film skateboarding, you're going to have no problem filming fitness. Oh, really? Okay. And he gave me the chance for the first the internship there. Yeah. Okay. I didn't have to do any like Skype interview and stuff. Just by email, he said like, I trust you. Amazing. So yeah, Tyler, big shout out. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, it changed my life pretty much because yeah, I was not doing well in computer science. And that first internship, I went there, learned. What year was that? Do you remember? It was the uh, summer of 2015. 
How old were you at that time? Like uh, 18? 18. Yeah, 18. Okay, yeah, super young. So yeah, I was there, didn't know how to speak English very well. Mm. <laughs> kind of lost it by myself in SF and started to work for a real company. That was like my first work experience as well. It was kind of awkward at first. I didn't know, yeah, not a good English. So we were using uh, Google Translation uh, with the voice to talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that was like a fun way to just break the ice. Yeah, and, yeah for uh, sure. But then, I don't know, like uh, I started to get more comfortable speaking English and expressing myself also on the editing and the videos that they were working on. Mm -hmm. They were also mm -hmm. doing like photo shoot as well. So photos and videos for the website, social media. And also, they have a, a big uh, exercise program and they need to uh, produce exercises, videos as well. So yeah, a lot of content to produce. And, okay. uh, yeah, that must have been interesting. Yeah. So that was, yeah, first work experience in the video field. And then I went back to France uh, after two months of internship in SF mm -hmm. to uh, redo my first year of computer science because I failed. But then in my mind, that's the year where I started to film with Boris Proust as well. Oh, yeah. So I bought a better equipment. I also uh, got Adobe Premiere. So I started to use more professional equipment. Yeah, yeah. So on my own, on the side, I was learning way more, watching more tutorials, like getting into filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And that's why I started to make also more um, stuff than just skateboarding as well, because I had like a Canon uh, 700D, which is like a DSLR and you can make a bit more, uh, I don't know, professional video, I will say. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, on the side, I was doing that a lot and kind of escaping from <laughs> reality and not doing well in computer science. And uh, one time, yeah, I just asked uh, Tyler from uh, San Francisco on Facebook, like, oh, can I come back uh, this summer for another internship? Like, just because I wanted to go there again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, uh, yeah, no problem. So I just signed up for another internship during summer 2016. And uh, when I was there, uh, I don't know, I had like already more project. I knew how to use all the, the equipment there. I was better with the editing on Adobe Premiere. Mm. And um, after a month, Tyler told me that he was going to move for another company. And I said, uh, okay, so if you are leaving, uh, can I stay longer? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. And he said, oh, if you want to stay, okay, I'm going to ask uh, HR department. And they ask and they say, okay, like you're already there. You know how to, you know how everything works here. Yeah. So let's just extend your internship for the maximum. So I extended my visa for a year and I stayed uh, a year in San Francisco. Oh, okay. I hadn't realized that you stayed that long. Okay. So that was like the first, as they said in the in the band interviews, this like first big break I would say. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, in my, yeah. In my in my life, like that's where everything switched, and uh, yeah, like working full time uh, in San Francisco, meeting a lot of people there. Mm. Yeah, the experience changed my life, I would say. And then at the end of the internship, I, I needed to do something else. And I signed up for a marketing school in France. Okay. Because when you work uh, in-house for a company, you see that the people in the video department, they are managed by the marketing department. But sometimes you can get frustrated because they don't know the artistic aspect of it. And sometimes they use the budget in the wrong way. Yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. Okay. And you feel you feel like you can do more and they don't use the budget well. And I was like, oh, I wish I can be in that place in the marketing department and manage people doing video editing. Mm -hmm. And like you tell them what to do and they do it. 
Yeah, uh, yeah because yeah. sometimes video editing can be long and if it's not a passion project it can be like very <laughs> frustrating yeah yeah so that's the angle i took and came back to france started marketing school and on the side because i had like experience in video production i started to get contact to make uh, yeah some other type of video as a freelancer okay and uh, the first big one was like a photo camp in the Camargue where they uh, they have access to some um, I don't know some private place where you can see like uh, wild horses or bulls oh, and yeah, yeah. like uh, Camargue animals right and uh, they have access to some uh, yeah private lands and they shoot those uh, animals and I was working for them to make the videos of the camp so I was pretty much filming people shooting photos of the animals and also filming the ambient Right, right, right. And uh, okay. because that was like my first freelance job and I was not getting paid yet because I didn't make the, the paperwork. Uh, mm -hmm. So I asked for um, video equipment. So I upgraded my uh, Canon 700D to a GH4 Panasonic, okay. which is like maybe one of the best. Uh, it's not a DSLR, it's a micro four third. And uh, in skateboarding, that was, if you're not using the HVX, etc., if you're using more DSLR type of camera, GH5, GH4, that's the cameras that people use. Okay. So I was like, oh yeah, I kind of want the GH4 and also uh, the Metabones adapters because for the fisheye, that's what people get. So I pretty much like order the best camera setup for skating. Yeah, for <laughs> skating. <laughs> And that's how I got paid for that. And then because I have a GH4, I can do more stuff. Like you have like slow motion that's really nice on it. So you can make, I don't know, wedding videos, video clips, and you have like more access to more type of projects because mm -hmm. you have this kind of camera as well. Okay. And I used it a lot from 2016 to 2021. So that was like the big camera that I used for all that time. So yeah, you did a bunch of different projects, not just filming skating. Yeah. Do you feel like that has helped you? Like um, with filming skating, do you feel like it's uh, because you had to approach it differently if you're filming uh, like wild animals or a wedding or whatever it is? It's a very different thing than filming skating, of course. So. Yeah, I think it goes both ways because being able to film skateboarding, you develop this kind of um, reflex to capture the good moments. Mm -hmm. Like if you film a, I don't know, a contest or something like that, you, you need to be aware when something is going to happen. Or uh, if you're filming a very hard trick for hours, you need to be like on the perfect filming when the guy is going to land the trick. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> so you have this, I don't know, you develop this reflex of not wasting the, the footage when something is happening. And I think the other way you develop, I don't know, another angle to it. Sometimes skateboarding, you can make a video where it's only tricks, 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 only tricks. Yeah. Mm. And some people also, they like uh, fisheye, so they only film fisheye and you see a video and it's like only fisheye clips. And you don't have any in-betweens and you don't have any emotion. You don't have any, like, you don't see any face. You don't see the skater faces and it can get boring sometimes. Yeah. For sure. So I think when you film, yeah, other stuff that are more, uh, when you film like people, animals, you try to showcase uh, more emotion. And that's uh, what you can bring into a skate video as well. Right. So yeah, it goes yeah, both yeah. ways. Like skateboarding helps you to capture like the best moment when you are like on a wedding or filming wild animals. And also the other way, use like this emotion and capture the faces, the smile. Mm. 
people like laughing stuff like that that's something you can use in skate videos like to break up the rhythm and not only have skate tricks and so tell me about filming like your first big skate projects aside from beer we'll talk we'll talk about beer of course in a second but like i mentioned before like the bonjour and the film trucks videos that you worked on you did a bunch of projects with them you did the flamant rose video and i think actually you used some of that footage yeah. <laughs> from camargue that you just talked about in there yeah all the flamingos footage were filmed during the the wild animals uh, <laughs> shootings <laughs> And also you filmed, like, you did a, a piece on Tom Bodwid for his, like, pro truck. So you went to Malmo to meet with him and film him. Yeah. You did one with Ben Koppel for film trucks as well. Yeah. So yeah, tell me about, like, these projects. And, and maybe let's start by how you connected with uh, Jérémy Daclin and how did you, like, start working with them on all these uh, video projects? Yeah, I think it's pretty much connected with, uh, we say, the big skate project. In Montpellier, you don't have any uh, very famous uh, riders. So one of the most famous ones who still has sponsor and still scaling a lot is Bastien Marlin. Yeah, right, yeah. And he was kind of excited to have a new filmer in town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, Boris Proust uh, was uh, slowly... Um, retiring? Yeah, stop, not retiring, but slowly uh, stop uh, filming skateboarding. Right, yeah. And I was doing more and more, so Bastien was excited to film with me. So we filmed a couple of little edits. I think the first one, serious one, was for a DIY project that was uh, hosted on the Confusion Magazine channel. Okay. So yeah, some stuff like that. Also, I think Bastien launched a wheel brand called Sonar. Uh, still around, but it's not, um, he's not the boss there anymore. But he helped to launch the, the brand. Mm -hmm. So I've shot like some small ads, uh, video parts for that Sonar wheel brand. And then I think it was in early 2017. That's when uh, Film Trucks was going to relaunch. Because uh, Film Trucks is like an old brand. Uh, right. Jeremy founded it way before. Yeah. yeah. And also you could find like some film trucks on like complete boards also back then. But it was like not a, yeah, it was not a very serious skateboard trucks company. Back then it was more like for complete and cheap trucks. Yeah. But then it was going to relaunch after Cliché stopped. It was going to relaunch seriously film trucks into what it is today. Right. And uh, one of the first riders that Jeremy picked was uh, Bastien Marlin because uh, they were into the slappies and yeah. all of that. Mm -hmm. So also I got uh, yeah one pair of film trucks. That was like the first, maybe the first pair of uh, when he relaunched. It was a big improvement since then. <laughs> mm. Like the first ones, uh, they were like kind of bending and stuff. Now it's a very good truck. But yeah, the first ones, we were like early uh, adopters of the, the new film trucks, the new uh, relaunch. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, we started to film and uh, I don't know if we filmed four film trucks, but we had like a bunch of footage on the side. And uh, we kind of yeah ask Jeremy, oh, we have a full part ready for Bastien Marlin. Uh, could be a film trucks part or uh, something like that. And yeah, we did a, this first project for film trucks. That, that's where I got in contact with Jeremy the first time, I think. Okay. Because uh, yeah, I had to ask him for the logos and stuff like that. So you exchange by email. Also, maybe we talked on the phone about the date of uh, launching it, or maybe he had some feedbacks on the on the edit. But that's yeah, the first time that I really connected with him. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, we did a, a video premiere in Lyon as well. I can't remember exactly if we met at the Slappy Challenge first or at the video premiere. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I remember the video parts, and I think we did another one the year after. I think that's the one we did a premiere. But yeah, the first one, I think it was not even on Film Truck channel, it was still on my YouTube channel. Okay. That was the first project, and I didn't meet Jeremy yet. And that was when we went to the Slappy Challenge in 2017, where we met Jeremy for the first time. Even Bastien Marlin, maybe met him like back then, but that was like the first meeting, and okay. we skated together, and yeah, that was nice. And then, yeah, the next summer, I think that's when we did the video premiere. And yeah, we skated in Lyon for the weekends, and that's where we got more connected with Jeremy and we slept at the old uh, cliche office oh nice and that was like also the film truck storage room it was still small and now he's in the back of Wall Street Wall Street yeah. yeah yeah so yeah it was like a still like small project nothing yet very serious and the first big one for me with film trucks was uh, Premier Amour the full length oh yeah yeah mm-hmm It was supposed to be another um, editor called uh, Hugo Garnatas. He's from Lyon as well. Like He's a really good friend as well. Like I always like, sleep at his place when I go there and stuff. And I remember he was super busy at the time. And uh, he told Jeremy, just ask Bastien to do the edit. Okay. Because uh, I'm too busy for it. And so Jeremy asked me, oh, okay, Hugo is not able to do it. It's going to be you. <laughs> so I was like, okay. <laughs> and uh, he sent me all the clips and I had like so many folders and files, like different formats from everybody. And I was like, oh, it's going to be a nightmare to do. <laughs> But then we found like a, a good timeline, a good, uh, like a theme to the video with some um, old videos from, I think, French culture and stuff. And that was like the, pretty much the blueprints for the video okay and that kept everything together because if you only put the clips together it can look a little bit out of the place because you have so many different cameras and different yeah. type of scalers as well but yeah we we made it it was yeah at the end of 2019 uh, no 2020 oh, okay, okay i think yeah that was the year of after covid or oh, still in covid i guess <laughs> Mm. But yeah, did this full link for film trucks, and uh, after that, I think he pretty much trusted me on all the the other edits. And in 2021, that's when pretty much I did all the video for film trucks. Every yeah. videos in 2021 uh, were done by me. So Flamand Rose, the Soy Pande interview. Oh yeah. Tombotweed interview, Slappy Challenge, Victor Cascarini, Victor uh, Cascarini, uh, the Ramen Ball, the Ben Corpo uh, yeah. video. So yeah, that was a big year for me in 2021. It's a lot of projects, yeah. <laughs> a lot of projects. That was also the, the end of my studies as well. Uh, I was finishing my master degree and also was working as a partner, uh, like when alternance in France. Oh yeah, you were doing half work, half study. Half work, yeah. yeah. So that, plus also the Beer 2 video, that oh, was yeah. really long as well. Uh, Damn, we you were doing all of that. So, so yeah. all of that yeah, in 2021, so that was the most busy year. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm sure. Yeah, also the Go Skateboarding Day edit. So many stuff. I, I remember one time telling uh, Jeremy, like, uh, it's kind of hard to do it right now, but I'm going to try. And, you know, like, <laughs> I pulled it up, but it was... <laughs> Very busy. I had a big like bucket list. Okay, I need to do that first, then that, and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty insane schedule too. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, trying to finish your master thesis and at the same time finishing uh, your following video and working freelance for film trucks. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> And also you traveled for some of these projects, like the Tom Bodway, you went to yeah. Malmö. Uh, 
Yeah, that was so cool. I, like getting to travel to film skateboarding. Yeah, that was sick. And yeah, mm -hmm. going to Marseille for the Victor uh, video, going to Paris for the Soipan Day. So it was nice going around mm -hmm. and also being at home for the Flamant Rose video. That's where the film trucks team went to Montpellier. That's and, right. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah able to showcase also the spots and uh, the video ended up on Jenkins Mag. So yeah. it had like a big visibility and I remember also rave rave skateboards yeah rave skateboard they released the video just after uh, the flamoros video even though they filmed it before and so that was like a big i don't know a big showcase uh, big coverage for montpellier it was mm. like the flamoros video then rave video so a lot of people went to montpellier after during the summer like uh, bud skate shop they did a tour and uh, bastian salabanzi had the, the cover of sugar in La Grande Mutte on one of the first uh, street spots I skated so wow. I was like so hyped Amazing. to see like all the spots that we try to like showcase and stuff and like seeing like famous uh, skaters uh, skating there having covers and stuff it was like really nice yeah so lots of very cool projects yeah yeah love projects uh, still like right now for film trucks we are trying to make a new video okay I'm uh, starting to receive some of the we transfer clips by some of the writers so I'm trying to yeah right now I'm collecting the clips from uh, everyone and uh, yeah we're gonna try to make a, a new video so okay. I'm gonna maybe film the locals like uh, Theo Moga or Bastian Marlin mm -hmm. but the other uh, I'm just getting the clips and making the edits you're not filming them yourself yeah okay no. which sometimes it's uh it's hard to uh like maybe some filmers they want to show a trick in a certain way and like when you edit you maybe edit it in another way that they wanted to see it i don't know sometimes i i feel like it's best when you edit your own clips well yeah i'm sure you have a lot more control and yeah but yeah sometimes it's easier to get clips from everyone and just make the edit yeah I know that Fred Martin, he does like the edits for aunties. Oh, yeah. But I don't think he films any of the clips in there. No, the main, the main filmer is a friend from uh, Italy called Alberto. Uh, really nice guy. We met with him again in Torino for one of the trips we did. Yeah, and, for uh, the beer three. Yeah. But yeah, Ephraim and uh, Alberto, they, they went to the Slappy Change one year and we met with them and they were really nice guys. And yeah, I always uh, talk filming nerd stuff yeah. with Alberto. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I understand what you mean about like preferring to edit your own footage that you filmed yourself because uh, you have the whole vision and control of everything. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you're editing footage from a bunch of different filmers, maybe like it's not going to be coherent, the whole, all of the footage, like all the, the different ways of filming and everything. So I guess it's a different way of uh, editing a video. It's still interesting, I'm sure. But Yeah, you have to get more creative on the editing and finding sure. stuff in between to make it relevant and coherent. Because maybe it's like, yeah, cheaper to do for a company because paying a filmer full time to film a full length... And travel Just all around yeah or, imagine yeah. the number of hours you have to be outside so yeah it's yeah a full-time job and outside of skateboarding a similar job will be paid a lot <laughs> so, yeah and that's what's missing sometimes with brands videos sometimes they can't afford it so they have to get clips from different filmers and different cameras and when you see the final results you can feel that something is missing yeah, like yeah. you don't have like the full vibe rather than like all videos like you have like one filmer pretty much doing the whole thing or managing all the filmers 
mm. and you can see that everything is coherent everything is perfect like all the details yeah yeah, yeah for sure I guess back in the day, skateboarding was smaller and there were maybe two or three filmers on one project and they would hang out. And so they would have kind of the same style of filming or something. So it would like the end video would uh, maybe work better. Yeah. yeah. Also, you didn't have a lot of uh, option for uh, cameras. Yeah. Everybody was filming with the VX and MK1. That was like the norm. Nowadays, like if you want to get the VX 1000 with the MK1, you can get a VX, but the MK1 is really expensive and not easy to find. Mm. And uh, the same with the new HD, like the HD, uh, HVX, uh, like the P2, uh, like strawback cameras. Mm -hmm. The camera is kind of easy to find, not too expensive, but the Fisha is like 9,000 bucks. <laughs> No way. Holy shit. Around that. Because, yeah, they stopped the... Just the fisheye. Yeah, just the fisheye. Because they stopped manufacturing the Century Extreme fisheye. So it's really hard to find now. Like you so have they're to go rare? On, on, yeah, super rare. You have to go on eBay or... Yeah, it's a nightmare. So that's why, like, people start to use all the cameras, like the GH4, GH5, and they're, like, more affordable. Okay. Like, the, the camera itself might be more expensive, but the, you have more options for fisheyes. And, and also, it's a brand new camera because the VX is from the 90s and, yeah. the, <laughs> and the HVX are from the 2005, 2007. So Getting old. They, yeah, mm. and they only film up to uh, 720p at 60 fps. So nowadays, you can find like 4K, 60 fps. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a different uh, technology for sure. Yeah. But they have the three CCD sensor, which I don't know why, but makes everything looks better. <laughs> okay. And that's like the typical look that you see in like professional skateboarding videos. And that's what people try to look for. And, but yeah, it's uh, all the technology on the sensor and it's not there anymore on the new cameras. And so among all these projects that you did for film trucks, do you have like kind of a favorite one that comes to mind? And I was also wondering like, um, how was it to film, especially with like Ben Koppel, for example, because like he's a, of course, a very different kind of skate, like the way he skates, it's very unique. Like he's, a, yeah. he seems like a very unpredictable kind of skater. I don't know if he, how was it to work with him on this part? Did he tell you exactly what he was going to do so you could film him or was it a bit more, did he improvise a bit? Like, uh, how did it work? <laughs> So yeah, with Ben, that was yeah a very cool project to do because it was challenging for me to film because you don't film someone like him every day. For sure, yeah. <laughs> he has like a, a trick selection that goes beyond what you expect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he seems like very, um, you know, freestyle and trying stuff, but he's super specific on what he wants to do. Okay. Like he, he has his vision, he knows what he wants, but it's too hard sometimes for him to explain to the filmer what he's going to do. <laughs> okay. So he's just like, okay, just be there at, when I will be there at that part of the spot. And but yeah, you will see. So I was always like kind of like surprised when I was filming him because I didn't know what he was going to do, but I was just trying to uh, follow. follow him yeah, with yeah. the fisheye. So yeah, very interesting guy, super creative, super nice as well. But yeah, he's like really serious. Like he, he seems like super like freestyle and tries tricks without thinking, but he knows what he wants to do. Okay, yeah, he's very meticulous with yeah, his like footage meticulous. and yeah. skating. Okay, interesting.
So as a filmer, it, like it's yeah very challenging. So I I think I improved also my filming skills, filming with him because yeah, I had yeah. to film in a different way. Sometimes I couldn't like roll with him on the skateboard, so I had to run. Like I don't know, you have to think other ways to uh, follow him. Sometimes with the fisheye. Okay. Yeah. But also, yeah, the video we did together, I filmed only in two cities. It was only Malmo and in Lyon. Okay. And um, there were other filmers for the other cities that you can see in the edits. In Bordeaux, it's another filmer. In Copenhagen, it's another one. And I remember, like, the Bordeaux part was only fisheye clips. And the Copenhagen part was only long lens. And um, it was kind of hard on the editing sometimes to yeah. make some cuts. And I remember also trying to deal with Ben telling him, okay, enough fisheye now. We need long lens clips. Okay, this one fisheye, this one long lens. So if you watch the edits, I guess you have a little bit more uh, switching between angles when I was filming it. Because I think, yeah, in the Bordeaux part, it's only fisheye, 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 fisheye. Okay. And yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Like sometimes you need to see the scalar face. You need to see like the environment outside and stuff. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, the guy uh, with the fisheye did an excellent job to follow him. It was like super close, super quick. But you also need to think outside on the final results and yeah. get, even if it doesn't work even if it's maybe better with the fisheye you need to say no no this one we're going long lens so it can like cut the rhythm of the edit and have a bit more uh, yeah more structure more depth and it's easier to edit at the end okay so yeah the ben corpo edit was really nice to do also it was on Jenkem, so it was a good uh, visibility yeah good visibility but maybe the fa my favorite one was the flamaros edit because that was like the local video yeah the montpellier and, uh, scene and, yeah. yeah well the i mean uh, montpellier spots and uh, yeah, yeah. And also that was the first one for film trucks that I was completely in charge of filming plus editing as well. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was your, your full vision. Yeah, because the first one, uh, Premier Amour, uh, I didn't film like 90% of the video. It was like from different people. And yeah, f the Flamant Rose video was the first one where I also switched to HD 4x3. Okay. So I tried a new format. I found this fisheye called the Makey 3.5. And uh, before the trip, I asked Jeremy, okay, I have this new fisheye and it's going to look uh, like a HD VX pretty much. And he's like, oh yeah, sick. Uh, let's use that one for the trip. So that was like the first edit that I, where I used this uh, format. And I pretty much used that since then. Okay. So like all the videos uh, since uh, Flamoros were filmed with the same setup. Yeah, you found your what you like to work with yeah. the best. Okay. But right now, I kind of want to go back to 16 by 9 <laughs> to the other format because sometimes you need to switch up. Switch it uh, up, yeah, yeah, for sure. So you will we'll see for the next project, maybe going back to 16 by 9. <laughs> I guess like working on a solo part, for example, for Ben or for Victor or for uh, Tom versus working on a full video, whether it's for film trucks or for beer. How do you work with the skater? Let's say with Ben. Would you like sit down with him and talk about what tricks or what kind of spots he should like? Um, did you have a vision for the part and then tell him what he should do? Or was it kind of the other way around? Whereas like, for example, for the beer project, I guess you just stack a lot of footage with all your friends and then edit everything and piece it all together like a puzzle kind of. How do you work on these solo projects versus these like big full length uh, videos? 
Uh, it depends for the Ben Coppo part. It was kind of easy because it was limited in time because it was filmed when he was in Europe during summer. So he only filmed in uh, four or five different cities. Right. So that was kind of the thing for the edit. We just made like section by cities. Right. So right, first yeah. was Bordeaux, all the Bordeaux footage. And also I talked with Ben about the architecture because some of the building that you see uh, on the Bordeaux section, it's uh, the spot Meriadec. Oh, yeah, yeah. The buildings, they go well with the buildings in Lyon at Pardieu. You see the spot with, you have like the small um, quarter pipes, not quarter pipes, but uh, they call that the champignon, the, the mushroom oh, yeah, spots. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like the brick uh, kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you mean, yeah. And so the buildings in this part of Lyon, they go well with the buildings in Bordeaux. So that's where we did the transition also to select what will be the ender for the Bordeaux section oh, into okay, the transition. Okay. So it would make sense and yeah. transition well from city to city. Okay. Exactly. So that's what we did for the part. Okay. So okay. we used like all the Bordeaux footage. We did the transition with the architectural buildings. That happened while you were editing, right? Like that wasn't happening while you were filming. You didn't think of that as you were no, filming. No, because yeah. filming, I didn't film the Bordeaux footage. And if you take in the time, I think he filmed the Bordeaux footage first. Then he went to Copenhagen for the CPH Open. So he filmed the stuff in Copenhagen. And then I met him in Malmo because I was going there for uh, the Tombotweed video. But then I ended up doing the Tombotweed video plus filming Ben on the side. Oh, it was at the same time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it was at the same time. And he was just uh, switching from Copenhagen to Malmo. So he stayed in Malmo. And then I think he went with his girlfriend... I don't know, in Italy, or he went to other cities, but not skating, like he took some time off. Okay. And then we met up again in Lyon, and I was there because filming the Slappy Challenge, and then I stayed longer, and then I met with Ben to film the <laughs> stuff in Lyon, and then he went to London, and he finished the part there uh, with like another filmer. Another filmer over there, okay. Yeah. But then we, yeah, we did the selection. So Bordeaux transitioned into the Lyon footage because of the architecture. Right. And then it goes to CPH, Malmo, and then it finishes in London. So that was like the, how we structured the part, yeah. Yeah, so every project is different depending on how many filmers are working on it, how many cities, how much time yeah. you have to film and everything. Yeah, for the Victor uh, part. Yeah. That was all in Marseille, right? Or most yeah, in of Marseille, and, yeah. and we filmed that in three or four days, maybe. Damn. So it was like a four-minute part filmed in four days. Very productive uh, skater. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Ben was there again in Marseille. <laughs> so Ben has some footage, uh, like, oh, yeah, really in, in, the, in the part, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, I remember now, yeah. That's pretty fun. I've seen Ben in three different cities over the, <laughs> like, over two months, maybe. He's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that was like super quick. Uh, we filmed that in three days, maybe four, just for the intro where we filmed uh, Victor's cooking some ramen oh, right. in yeah, the yeah, kitchen. Yeah. And we just like pitched the idea to take the trucks out of the, <laughs> yeah, the, bowl. the plate and yeah, out of the bowl and have, uh, I don't know, like the vibe of a, a very hot restaurant where you see like steam everywhere. And Victor has like a, he dressed like a, someone who's cooking ramen. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it was pretty fun to do. A fun project and so you said you, you're working right now on an upcoming film trucks yeah. video yeah I, i don't know much yet about the video i'm just collecting clips right now but there's no deadline yet we are trying to make it for september 
Oh, it's quite close. Okay. So I might like be in the editing mode uh, at the end of August and early September. Okay. And uh, the goal, if we can, will be to do the premiere during the Slappy Challenge in uh, oh, September. Yeah. Okay. So that's like the kind of goal that we have. But if we can't make it, we'll push it. But that will be cool to have uh, the video ready for that. And so now let's talk a bit about beer, your whole crew and your videos, because we talked yeah. about, about film trucks for a while. But of course, all the film trucks projects and everything happened on the side of your beer projects. Let's maybe start with how you came up with this name. I kind of know the story already, but I'd like you to share it with the listeners. And yeah, tell yeah. me about uh, the genesis of it all. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much everything came at the same time, like with film trucks and stuff. But yeah, beer, beer video, that's, I think, the first uh, spark that I had to make my own video project, like the MoFo videos in Montpellier. Yeah. That was after they did the premiere of the Polar video, uh, We Blew It at some point. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, just on the same day, we filmed with my friend uh, Emmerich and we filmed some clips. And then at night, we went to the premiere and then I was so hyped on the video, on the Polar video. I was like, that made me want to make a video. Yeah, yeah. I saw the video, I was like, oh, I, I love the vibe of it. It's uh, kind of short, but still a long video. It's like 30 minutes. I was like, wow, that's like a good format to do. You have a lot of people, not full parts for everybody. You have like some big montages and stuff. So I was yeah. like... Okay, let's try to do it. So we went back to film with Emmerich and then my friend Theo went also with me and my brother. So some people like started to come on some small mission, but we were just going very chill about it. Just like, okay, let's try some tricks that we maybe not going to try, but if we film it well, it will look nice. So we were trying to find like some uh, hidden spot in Montpellier or some spot that we never filmed anything on and try something, even if it's not a crazy trick, but try to film it good or in a good style. Or... Yeah, yeah. So we started to film like that. And um, then for my studies, I had to go, I went to New York for four months. I did uh, an exchange. Okay. So I went back to the US. At the other side? Yeah, so in New York for four months. And when I was there, it was insane in terms of a video premiere. Oh, yeah? It was the bronze video premiere, the supreme blessed video premiere. It was also like one of the foundation video, the girl doll video premiere. So it was like a lot of video premieres there when I was there. Okay. So that, I was like, ah, that's something that will be cool in Montpellier to have more. Like we have had video premiere, but it was only for skaters pretty much. Like not a lot of communication about it. Just, uh, I don't know, like 20 skaters going to a bar and watch the new video. And it was not local videos, but always videos from other brands and stuff. Yeah. But when I saw the bronze video, I was like, okay, they are like kind of big, but they are still like a very local brand. When you skate in New York, you can see them all the time, like at the skate park, at the spot. I felt really inspired by them mm -hmm. because they were like kind of big, but at the same time, very approachable. They were doing like small uh, contest, a small like best trick contest for, I don't know, they did a collab with uh, Reebok. Okay. And they did like a small, like a small contest there, uh, cash for trick. And I was like, okay, like even if they don't have like the big budget, like Supreme or like the big other brands, they are doing it for the community and for the people like close to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, like that sparked and I don't know, like every morning on the metro, you don't have any like service. So I was pretty much like meditating <laughs> on what yeah. I could do when I'm yeah, back yeah. in Montpellier. Because, yeah. yeah. 
because I started to film some stuff. I was excited to make a video. Also, I filmed some stuff in New York as well. I met some French people there. Okay. So I started to collect some clips. I was like, okay, like I have enough to make a, a four minutes edit maybe. But I was like, okay, now I see the premiere, the like all the stuff in New York. I'm like, okay, let's do a big video and make it with a big premiere event. So I was more... Big celebration. Yeah, the goal was to make a video to have an excuse to make a premiere pretty much. Yeah, a big party. <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, I was on my third year of studies and I knew that at the end of the year, you have to make a, an event project. Oh, okay. So you have to create an event and make the communication for it and you get like uh, grades for that. So I was like, okay, let's mix my video uh, project with my studies, like two birds, one stone, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So when I came back and I uh, did the second half of the year uh, in France, I was like, okay, I already have this idea for the event. And uh, I told that to the, the teacher and they were like, okay, like, that's a great idea. Like, they were like supportive of the idea, but not my classmates. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I pretty much got like three other people that were not into skateboarding and not into <laughs> the idea of it. So I pretty much ran the organization of the event by myself. Okay. And they felt a bit on the side, but they were not motivated about it. Well, yeah, yeah. They, I was like, I'm doing it anyway. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> just come along and try to enjoy if you want to, I don't know, learn some stuff, but I'm doing it anyway. So right, I was yeah. like, okay, what do I need? I need like a video premiere. Okay, then it will be cool to have like a DJ set. It will be cool to have free goodies. It will be cool to have like free pizza or free drinks. Or So I started to list all the stuff that I was like, oh, that could be cool to bring more people than just skateboarders. Yeah, yeah. And that's pretty much how I built the organization of the first video premiere for the BR1. And the name came along because with Bastien Marlin that I filmed a lot with, we always call him BM for Bastien Marlin with the initials. And for me, it was BR. BR, yeah. BR. So I already had on my Instagram the name with the parenthesis as like a, a pseudo. Okay. And uh, then I was like, okay, it's like my own video project. It's not uh, a crew related. It's not a brand related or anything. It's my own thing. So I was like, let's just use that as uh, the title or mm. the logo of it. Because I don't know, felt pretty nice as a logo. And also you had like a double meaning with the beer and BR. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so the people that know, they know. And the other, they think it's about beer. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly, yeah. So it's pretty fun. <laughs> So I went with that and yeah, I started to make the teaser of the video. And yeah, people were excited. They were like, oh yeah, it's cool. Like finally a video in Montpellier, blah, blah, yeah, and, yeah. and yeah, the event, I uh, was expecting like 100 people. I was like, oh, maybe 100 and I don't know, maybe around 300 people came. Wow. And a lot, lot of people, not only skaters, like a lot of people that were outside of skating. I was yeah, like, yeah, that, yeah. That's crazy. Like I didn't expect that. And yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so that was like the big launch of beer. So <laughs> What year was that? Was that 2018, 2019? 2019, yeah. 2019, okay. It's interesting that everything kind of uh, worked together. Like you had this project for your studies that you needed to complete and it worked yeah. with this. Uh, yeah, it's cool. And so how long did it take you to do this first video? Like how long did it take you to film and then edit it? Um, we started to film at the end of uh, August or middle of August, I think, uh, in 2018. And then I went to New York in September. So I didn't film in Montpellier for uh, four months, but I had some clips uh, in, New York? in New York. Yeah, not a lot, but just a little bit. And then came back in January. And then uh, from January to uh, April, we filmed the first video. 
Oh wow, that's not very long, okay. Yeah, it was very short, but at the same time, I didn't start school again until February. So in January, oh, I had like a lot had a of free time. Month, uh, okay. Yeah, so a lot of time uh, to work on it. Mm-hmm. But also January is not the best. Uh, well, I guess in Montpellier, it's, uh, it's yeah. like okay, Montpellier, escape, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's all right, yeah. And yeah, the first uh, stars of the video, we say, uh, was uh, Emmerich Sample and Theo Moga. Yeah, yeah. And uh, myself, I had also a part uh, mixed with uh, the, some friends in New York as well and stuff. And that was like the, the first uh, three people in the video. Okay. And uh, we had like a friends montage as well with a lot of other people, but that motivated them to film for the next video after. They were like, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do it. So we started to work on uh, Beer 2 at the end of 2019, around November. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was already like going really well. We had like collected a lot of good footage and then uh, COVID happened. COVID, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So it was like two months from March to mid May. Mm-hmm. And then we were so juiced up yeah, <laughs> when yeah. it was ending. So from May to like the whole summer, we did so many trips. We filmed a lot and we already had like enough footage to make a, a 20 minutes, 30 minutes video at the end of summer. Mm-hmm. And I started to uh, negotiate uh, goodies with some brands for a potential premiere in September. Okay. And uh, Vance was uh, one of the first brands that sent us stuff. They sent us a big pack of, uh, like, I don't know how many pairs, like five pairs of shoes. And so it was, I was like, damn, like Vance is supporting the projects now. And then second lockdown happened. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In October. Yeah. yeah. Mm. From October to November. But then we had the curfew and stuff. Oh, but... right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, yeah, pretty much filmed with the curfew during the whole winter. And then we had like maybe the biggest video we could make. Uh, everybody had full parts. We were like nine scares, 10 scares in the video. And everybody had like three to four minutes video parts. Mm-hmm. So the video was like 44 minutes long. And I was like, we can't just put it on the internet right now. We need to do the premiere as we want. Because I already have a big pack of vans in my room since September. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, people were getting hyped. Like we were teasing the thing since like the year before. And people were like, where, where is Beer 2? Where is Beer 2? Yeah, and yeah. we finally got the opportunity to do it at a um, music venue called Le, Le Diez, which is like a big nightclub for techno parties in Montpellier. Okay. And it's a bit outside of Montpellier. So they have like a big parking also. So I was like, okay, let's perfect. Let's make also a contest. So uh, I talked with someone in Avignon, G7. He's making like uh, skate obstacles, like bumps, uh, ledges oh, nice. and stuff like that. So he brought pretty much a skate park on the parking lot. So we had like a big best trick and then, yeah, rappers, DJ set. And that was like maybe the first weekend where they removed all the restrictions about parties. Oh yeah, so everybody was like... Uh, <laughs> that was like maybe the best, yeah, best night. For me, I was... Yeah, running everywhere, but yeah, yeah for sure. a lot of people, they remember that night as a big, uh, big event in Montpellier. That was like super nice. After like almost two years of restriction, curfew, yeah. lockdown, mm-hmm. everybody felt uh, free. <laughs> that yeah, was yeah, like, so for nice. sure. What time of the year was that? It was uh, July 2nd. So 2021. One, yeah. Right, okay. At the same time of all the film tracks, projects. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's finishing right. studies. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So everything lined up at the same moment. I was like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was insane. But the thing, I was kind of dumb at the time. I thought everything would work music-wise on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Because I already had like a lot of videos on YouTube. And sometimes they tell you if it's blocked or if you can use it, but you can't monetize the video. Right. And uh, in a lot of cases, you can use the music, but you cannot monetize. So I was using a lot of famous music for uh, that Beard 2 video. And the video got blocked after one day of releasing online. That must have been super frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the worst. I was like, oh, you, I tried to uh, re-upload it in two parts, but only the first part got blocked again, but not the second one. Even though some music of the second part were blocked in the full edit. So I was like, I cannot win against that YouTube algorithm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sucks, you, though, yeah. yeah. Like, if you go on on my channel, you can only find the second part of it. And also, I think at the end of the year, I'm going to try to make a best of, of the Beer 2. And it was like a remix of 10 minutes. So it was like Beer 2 Reloaded, I think I named right, it like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And so that's like a, a big mix of all the best tricks in the video. Okay. So from a 44 minutes video to a 10 minutes video, pretty much. So you don't you don't get all the in betweens. Like you have some skits in the video as well, like the intro and so so all that is removed, but you got only some tricks. Just the tricks, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, but the video is online on Vimeo. Also oh, it on, is okay. Yeah, on Instagram as well. If you go also in the channel, I put it as a playlist. And it's like separate parts, but it's not um, the link is not uh, public. Oh, okay. The playlist is public, but not the separate videos. So you don't get blocked from it. Uh, I tried everything, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> after yeah. a while, I was like, yeah, big bummer. And uh, after I was like, okay, I'm going to try to do use unknown music or demo tapes or stuff that are not recognized by the algorithm. Is that what you did for this latest one? Uh, for the yeah, for the two last video, the EE video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I started to, yeah, to use that 4x3 format during the filming of uh, Beer 2, which was 16x9. Uh, mm -hmm. So I started to uh, yeah, collect some clips with the other format. I was like, okay, after that Beer 2 video, let's make a, a VX HD video, like a quick one, a quick edit. And so that's when it started and we filmed a smaller video, less pressure and was still like a good video. At the end, like everybody kind of went for it. Mm -hmm. At first it was supposed to be like 10 minutes and then it was like 17. <laughs> Like two full parts and uh, two small montages in the middle. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, it was a, a fun one to make. And yes, yeah, still for that one, we did a premiere and some events for it. And I think on the day of the best trick, we organized like two days after the premiere. Mm -hmm. We filmed the first trick for the BR3 video that is going to come out uh, in a few days. Okay. So uh, it was a year ago, pretty much. What trick was that? Because when I release this interview, uh, the video will be out, so... So that was the, the front crook from uh, Louis. Okay, so, so the last trick of the video. Not the last trick, the first trick oh. of his part. First trick is the front crook and last yeah, trick is the front crook. Yeah, goes but... full, full circle. Yeah, <laughs> but the first one, the front crook is uh, on a 10-stair rail around Montpellier, which is maybe the best rail you can find around Montpellier. Mm-hmm. And front crook on that is already like super sick. I was like, damn, like, okay, first trick of the video, like we have this one. Yeah. 
And then I think the second one we filmed was on the day we released the EE video. And it was uh, Theo Moga who did the Slappy Backtail Backside Flip Out. Oh, yeah. On a small, like, Slappy Overstairs thing. So, yeah, from that, I was like, okay, like, already, like, too good footage. And then was, during the summer, we filmed a lot in Montpellier. And also we did a trip in uh, Torino, in Italy. Mm -hmm. for a week and we were like uh, eight of the crew and uh, that's where I was like okay for that video it would be cool to have kind of a trip section or a trip vibe section so we can make like small edits of every trip and the best tricks we will use that for parts pretty much You also went to San Francisco uh, not that long ago, right? And yeah. So there's some footage uh, over there, I believe. So yes, the SF thing was like pretty much at the end of uh, filming for that video. I had the opportunity to go back there for uh, like small early days, I had two weeks off. And uh, I didn't go since the internship. So I was like, I need to go back. I have so many friends there. Mm -hmm. It would be cool to go. And um, yeah, I went back for 10 days. I uh, ended up in a hostel, in a nine people doll's room. And uh, by luck, I ended up with eight skaters from Canada. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up with a crew of skaters in the room. And that was so fun. Yeah, they're the best. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. And um, also over there, there was uh, this guy called Luca, who was uh, living in Montpellier for the past few years. And uh, he's half American, half French. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, he was in SF when I went there. And I was like, oh, it would be cool to have you for the video beer, like as a surprise. Yeah. So that's the tricks uh, we filmed. It's like only like four clips in SF. It's like a line trick on, over the stairs and... Uh, Is he the guy who does like the switch front shove? Uh, yeah, 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 that's okay. uh, that's the SF uh, footage. And someone else does a frontside flip after yeah. that. Yeah, and uh, the other one is uh, Mike. Uh, it's a friend I met back then, and it's funny because he's probably one of the only guy in SF who went to Montpellier. I met him in Montpellier like back then. He did like a Europe trip. Okay. So he went to Montpellier and also he went to the nightclub that we did the premiere, uh, oh, the rock okay. store. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I was like, even like it's a small detail, but it was fun to have him. It's like one of the only uh, only guy over there that did a trip in Europe and went to Montpellier. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was fun to have it. And also the section with Luca in SF is just after a small homage to two young skaters that passed away in Montpellier recently. Mm -hmm. That's where you see the footage by night with the fireworks and stuff. That was on the day of uh, losing the World Cup finals. Okay. And uh, earlier they did uh, an homage at the spot Lagri. That's where you see like the the graffiti of the names, and uh, you see mm. like scares and like the locals. They know what it is about, but yeah, for those who don't really understand that part of the video, it's uh, yeah an homage to those uh, two scares that passed away. Mm -hmm. And uh, Luca was like the same generation, and I was like, it would be cool to have him just after that like kind of sad part. Yeah. And it will be like a cool surprise for the locals to have him in the video. As we're recording this, you just did the premiere in Paris and you did one in Montpellier, I think yeah. a week or two weeks ago. So yeah, how did they go? And I think you're about to do one in Nantes, I believe. Yeah, so the premiere in Montpellier is always the, the big one uh, where I try to uh, to also get uh, brands to support the project, to give away some uh, some goodies and right. to have uh, some prices for the people that come. We did the premiere at the Rockstar, which was the first venue we did the first beer video. So pretty much went uh, full circle. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, it's pretty much the same formula as always. Uh, have like I don't know some fun activities there. This year we did a, a push up contest. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was... saw that. Yeah, on your stories. Yeah. Pretty stupid, but people enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was fun. fun. The last one we did um, a wrestling contest. So every time <laughs> okay. we try to do something other than skateboarding to win skateboard stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good idea. It's, I don't know, like, you don't expect to see a push-up contest going to a video <laughs> yeah, premiere, sure. so, uh, like, just a small joke. And also, yeah, we had a, a DJ. Yeah, it was uh, it was sick, like, still, like, a lot of people came. And then, yeah, we also did a contest the next day at Gramont, which is uh, the main skate park in Montpellier. They just redid the full skate park. We have, like, a brand new big skate park right now. Mm-hmm. So we can say that we pretty much did the first official contest at the skate park. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that was like, it opened like one week before. Perfect timing. Yeah. So I was like, okay, we have the first contest. Now they are, they are doing, every weekend there's a, a contest right now. <laughs> but <laughs> we were first on it, so it was nice as well. We had like a lot of stuff to uh, give away from the brands. So we could make, just throw stuff in the crowd on the premiere and also have stuff for the contest the next day. So mm-hmm. it was really sick. Big support from the brand. So it was like, yeah, film trucks, Ace Wheels, Bonjour, Vans, some local shop, Popular Sketchup. Like. So at the same time, they did the premiere in Albi as well. This is where uh, Louis, Louis Bar is from. Yeah. So I just sent them the video and they did uh, an event in the afternoon and they did the premiere at the same time that we did in Montpellier. Nice. And then, yeah, this last weekend, we did the premiere in Paris at Le Shop Le 39. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we have one of the friends who is in the video as well, who works there as a like, work partnership, uh, alternance again. Because he's studying at the Shifty School in Bordeaux. Oh, okay. And so he works at Le 39. Uh, Who's that? Uh, Massimo. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of footage in the video. We can see him in the Italy section. Okay, okay. And uh, yeah, he works at Le 39 now. And uh, so he helped us to get in contact with Gorka, who is at Le 39 as well. And we uh, yeah, also pitched the idea to do a, a small contest at Rue Cladel. It's like the green skate park in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in Paris. So we did a best trick contest and uh, then the video premiere downstairs of the shop. They have a, like a small movie room. And it was sick, like less people and also less people that knew us knew about the beer the project, but we, project yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but we felt a really good uh, welcoming and good feedback about the video and awesome you saw like Hator the silver right there were some uh, famous skaters out there yeah yeah also Hator was uh, in the crowd uh, randomly I was like what <laughs> is yeah, Hator next rad. to us uh, I think he was around because one of the guys who writes for Le 39 is uh, from Portugal or Brazil and he knew, uh, he knew him. Mm-hmm. He knew Aitor. So it was Aitor and Vitoria. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who just turned pro yeah. for Elements, yeah. So it was sick to have like some uh, famous guests. Yeah, <laughs> in the crowd. yeah. VIPs. <laughs> yeah. Even though they, they were at the back of the crowd, so they didn't see anything. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was cool, like, even at the end of the video, everybody stayed in the front of the shop and talked about the video and talked skating in general. Mm. And so, yeah, we felt a good welcome. And for the Nantes video premiere, uh, it's Bon Public, Skate Shop. They just uh, DM'd us on Instagram to mm-hmm. ask to make a video premiere. And I can't really make it to the premiere, but I just sent them the video. And Oh, okay. They're going to um, show it over there? Yeah, on this Friday, so okay. they will have, yeah, a premiere. We have some friends in Nantes as well, so I think it's cool anyway to watch a, a new video with your friends. 
Sure. When it's a big video, it's cool to be with a crowd and be with some friends. Like sometimes when a new video comes online, we go to one of our friends. Uh, we watch it on the big TV together and it's more fun to experience than just watching it on your phone or alone at your apartment. <laughs> sure, sure. Absolutely. So that's the thing. Like everybody says, like, don't make uh, long videos and oh yeah, 30 minutes too long and stuff like that. But when you watch it in a premiere environment with a lot of people, everybody is cheering up for clips mm. and makes it a better experience you also have like some fun elements to it even for the writers in the video i don't show them the video before oh yeah so they discover the video at the premiere as well so they are also excited because they discover everything even though they, they have been there for some clips and sometimes i send some clips on the group chat but mm -hmm. they didn't see anything on with the music or Yeah, I think you told me, like, uh, what's the name of the first guy in the video? Uh, Maxime, right? Maxime, yeah, Maxime. Garlin. Yeah. Garlin, yeah. He does, like, a back tail to drop in at this famous like, oh, yeah. um, spot in Montpellier. And I think you told me, like, uh, most of the people in the crew didn't know that he had done that. Yeah. And so it was a surprise for the video, kind of. It was the last thing we filmed for the video. He tried already. Like, people knew that he tried. And, yeah. like, the other... They knew that he was going to try that day. But we were only uh, three guys on the spot. Like, me filming. Loubar. Louis Bar. Yeah, Louis was, Bar was uh, there. Doing, uh, yeah. Yeah. He helped him get out of the water. Yeah, also uh, just uh, board keeping. Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, Maxime trying the trick. And um, he did it. And he was able to go back to his house to shower and change before two other guys joined us for the session later. Okay. And so they, they were like, oh, did he try? Did he make it? And we're like, oh, no, the boat went to the water. And oh, okay. You pretended he hadn't done it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I see. Okay. We lied to them. We were like, oh, no, he didn't make it. Like the boat went to the water. And <laughs> same for the, the front crook, the last trick of the video. At Mariadec, yeah. Yeah, only the people that were on the trip in Bordeaux knew about it. And uh, we had to lie to the other for yeah weeks about it. <laughs> like, every day we were like... That must have been a hard one to keep. Yeah. <laughs> Because we were not knowing if it was Theo Moga or Louis Bar for the last part. Because they were like neck and neck like in terms of tricks. For sure, yeah. But then he did the front crook. But for the other people, Theo was still like the last part. And we were like, okay, if uh, Louis is doing that trick, maybe we'll have the last part. And we we're just <laughs> trying to tease about it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe like last trick of the video is that one. It's not enough. Or I don't know. We were like just trying to lie around <laughs> to <laughs> the other. So it was a better surprise for them at the premiere when they saw like you see him like standing before going for the trick and you can see like the background and if you know you're like oh is that Meriadek and mm. then you recognize the ground you recognize the run up and you're like oh shit the it's happening yeah. yeah it's a heavy trick like yeah I, w I was blown away I was like fuck a front trick on yeah. that is no joke yeah Yeah, Louis has a very good frontside crook. So it was like, okay, if he does a trick there, that will be frontside crook. So Did it take him long to do it? Do you remember? No, not even. That was super quick. I remember whether he just warmed up, he did frontside grind multiple times on it. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, he started to like stick it, to land it, but not make it to the end. And um, I checked the, the time. I was like, okay, it's like 1.50 p.m. I told him, like, okay, at 2 p.m., we are done. <laughs> he was like, okay, let's do it. And he did it, like, at 2 p.m., like, sharp, maybe. <laughs> yeah. 
And so we were like, okay, like the day is over. And we had like a full day and we kept filming like whole day for the video. After and, that, yeah. Yeah, okay. after the, wow. the front crook. So there are so many tricks that happen after the front crook okay. the same day. Yeah. Everybody was so hyped on it. Uh, they were like, okay, like now the video is like on another level, yeah, level. I guess. So mm -hmm. we had to, yeah, everybody went crazy after it. And it was a, a very productive uh, trip. together a few times uh, over Instagram but uh, I know that you're a big Twin Peaks fan oh yeah <laughs> you told me that or I read in maybe in the, um, the irregular yeah, interview yeah. Uh, yeah it was mentioned that there were some Twin Peaks like easter eggs in the beer 2 video and I was wondering if you had put some in this latest one or not because I was trying to look for them but I didn't <laughs> I didn't see them so I was like oh did I miss them or was there something uh... Maybe there is one at the beginning where you see the kind of the background texture where you you have like the first title. Right, yeah. At uh, the intro. It's kind of inspired by the intro of uh, Firewalk With Me, the movie. Oh, okay, okay. Because it's zoomed in in the, um, in the old TV and it just like, I don't know, the intro is very simple <laughs> in the movie. It's just a big zoom and it just like zoom out and you see like the title, the actors and it's pretty much inspired by that. Okay. Kind of same thing. Like I zoomed in the noise of the TV, you know, the... Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess that will be the, the Twin Peaks uh, reference <laughs> Easter okay. egg for, the, yeah, for this one. And actually, like we talked about this again uh, together, but uh, about Twin Peaks being quite present in skate videos. Yeah. We even talked at some point about doing maybe a YouTube video or something, like kind of recapping all of these like Twin Peaks references. But also, that would be a lot of work and like someone would need to gather them all and find the footage and make a whole edit and everything. So maybe it will happen one day. But like, do you have maybe two or three that come to mind right now of Twin Peak references that you've uh, found? Uh, especially in the um, Atlantic Drift videos. Right, yeah. Jacob Harris, uh, I think he's a big fan of uh, David Lynch. So there's always songs from uh, David Lynch uh, movies or even Twin Peaks. Yeah, pretty much in every of his video, there is like a small reference or like maybe a, just a sound or... Okay. I think I said it one time, like he's like the David Lynch of skateboarding. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of reference to him. And, but no, sometimes, I, yeah, just the songs. I think it was in uh, the Blue Tie Lounge video out of Canada. There is like one song from uh, the Red Room in the Firewalk With Me. Okay. Or something. But yeah, I think the most Twin Peaks references or David Lynch references are from uh, Jacob Harris. Jacob Harris, yeah. Yeah. I think Habitat did a line of boards, right? Also, oh, yeah, yeah. Also this one. Yeah, it's not a skate video, but like... Uh... Yeah, it's over there on the wall. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> the the log lady. Right, right, yeah. I think I have a t-shirt of that somewhere, actually. A Habitat t-shirt with the log lady on it. Yeah, I guess also... Uh... Yeah, a lot of maybe Twin Peaks influence in uh, Abita or Joe Castrosi work. I would say he's more like Wes Anderson type. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he always used like the Kings or this type of songs. Like you can, some songs that are in the Wes Anderson movies that are also in Abita's videos. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One question I wanted to ask you is, since you've been doing all these beer projects for a while now, and you have a crew of friends that are consistently, you know, in every video and progressing and everything, 
I was wondering if you ever considered turning it into a, like a brand, either a board brand or a clothing brand or some other skateboard equipment brand or whatever. I'm sure like you must have thought about this, but uh, obviously it's a difficult project to get into, yeah. costly, and there's a lot of competition and everything. But uh, did you ever think about that? And is that something you think you, you might do in the future? I mean, yeah, for sure, because... It's almost like we have the image and communication of the brand before having a brand. Exactly, yeah. We did some t-shirts, we did some boards as well. But yeah, I have like a full-time job also on the side. Yeah, we didn't talk about that, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So I have a yeah, full-time job on the side, so it's hard to do a full-time brand plus a f like a video project plus everything around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I'm trying just putting some uh, stones in the projects, you know, like right, yeah. step by step, maybe like try a few boards, like just try some stuff out and see if uh, people like it. Uh, maybe we do more. If they don't, uh, we are not doing it. And yeah. Because also that's very hard right now. Like the price of uh, skateboards is getting higher and higher and people don't want to spend more than 60 bucks for a board. Yeah. <laughs> But at the same time, people buy a FA a Oki board for 100 euros because that's the price in France right now. The power of marketing. Yeah. And at, at the same time, you see uh, Decathlon skateboards on sales at 10 euros right now. Just the boards or? Just the boards, which is insane. Yeah. Like they were already like at around 30 bucks, 40 bucks. And right now they are on sales. Are they like legit boards or are they? Yeah. I think they are made by uh, Jart, HLC. Like the shapes are okay and everything? Yeah. yeah, I mean, some people scale it and yeah, it's crazy. Like it's 10 euros. So maybe it will be like less expensive to buy Decathlon boards at 10 euros, scrap off the graphics and put your own graphics on it. That <laughs> will be cheaper than going through a, a skateboard factory to make boards. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, a crazy situation right now for boards. Mm-hmm. And what about uh, another brand, like uh, clothing or, I don't know, hardware? Clothing will be cool, but at the same time, everybody is making t-shirts. Yeah. And if you do the, I don't know, classic t-shirts, the shapes are not that good sometimes. Like, if I'm going for it, I will like something very, like, premium or something with, like, good shapes, uh, good sure. cuts and stuff. Making t-shirts with only, like, a simple logo, uh, like, white t-shirts with a black logo. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not that creative. It's not that exciting as well. Yeah. It's cool, but maybe cool for, like, when we do, like, a premiere, make, like, 50 t-shirts and uh, sell them, like, you know, as a merch, like, when sure. you go to a concert. So if maybe, yeah, right now it's the direction we have. It's maybe better like that. It keeps it more uh, independent as well. Yeah. It's not a, a full-on brand. Pressure-free kind of. I like to think that maybe we are yeah, producing more than we sell. So right now we are more in the position of uh, giving to people than trying to sell them stuff without producing anything. Yeah. Like, I don't know, some brands, they do that. Like they are not doing anything for their community or they don't film anything. They don't produce anything and they still try to sell stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. If you check like the best brand that are still around in skateboarding right now, they're like Baker, Girl... Those brands, they started with videos before doing skateboards or before doing products. Even like GX1000 or Dime, they made videos, like crew videos before making a brand. Yeah. So I think that's like a better aspect. Yeah, makes it more legit. 
Even like Atlantic Drift right now is making some skateboards. They were about to make a board brand, I believe. Yeah. I think they. I've seen on some stories that they are doing a, a new collection right now. Even uh, I don't know, uh, Limousine. It's pretty much 917, but in between, it's pretty much uh, the same crew. Mm-hmm. And so they have like the vibe of a crew making videos and they turned in that into a brand. Yeah. So I like those kind of brands better. Like you can feel that there's a crew and an image and yeah, it's a vibe to it. Yeah. yeah. When is the other way when like people make brands and then they do a video? It's kind of forced, you know? Yeah, 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 for sure. So right now I'm just, yeah, making videos. Hopefully people like it, but I'm making it more for the memories. Yeah, absolutely. Like, a lot of people, like even like skate media and people in the industry, they say like, okay, 30 minutes is too long or a video should not be uh, more than 15 minutes. But then at the same time, you want to keep memories for you, like when you will be like older and yeah, yeah, yeah. then you rewatch your video and you're like, oh, I'm glad I kept that part in the video, even though if it's not a big trick or even though it's not the craziest thing. Yeah, it's a time capsule. But a, it's a time capsule. Yeah. Like in the last video, we have this section in uh, Torino and there's like a, I don't know, a more chill vibe to it, like a Italian song and stuff like that. Right, yeah. It's like some stuff at the Airbnb and uh, some tricks that were not that great, but at the same time, like, okay, that's going to keep a memory of that trip in the long way. Sure, absolutely. So that's the vision I'm going to with uh, the beer videos. I don't want to cut everything down to please people. Like, I'm making them for me and my friends. And you don't want to compromise your, yeah. your vision. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, tricks, they're not that good, but they remind you of a fun session or something fun happened that day. Or I don't know, maybe it's a friend that's not that great at skateboarding, but he does a trick for the video and you're stuck because normally he doesn't skate that much, but then he, he's trying to. And I don't know, even if it's like just a simple trick, you're like, that's cool that he went for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you want to keep that and you want also showcase him in the video because he's part of the crew. So that's like, yeah, right now it's more like family, friends, try to make some boards and t-shirts when we can. But yeah, it's already like a lot of uh, time and energy into making uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> one yeah. video project and making also the, the premiere and all the events around. But yeah, we'll see. I think right now I'm kind of done with the full length videos because right now it's BL3, so pretty much made a, tr- a trilogy. trilogy. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm like, okay, let's try a new format. Let's try something new. So I don't know yet because it just finished that one. I don't know what will be next, but it would be cool to maybe have it more, uh, just like more than Montpellier. Go yeah. in other cities and film more locals from every city and have like a little piece of everybody in different cities and uh, to have something more uh, national than just uh, Montpellier. Okay, so that's, that could be another project that you would start soon. I mean, that's just an idea that that could be cool because when we went to Paris, I really felt welcomed when we did the premiere. And I was like, ah, it would be nice to have like some of the guys that were at the premiere to have them in the next video. Or So that's like the idea maybe for the next video, uh, videos. Uh, I still have the core crew in it, but then having more people that are outside of uh, the crew and uh, maybe smaller, like shorter videos, but more frequently during the year. It's still doing some uh, events maybe not a big premiere but maybe even if the video is like 10 minutes you can do a premiere and then have a dj set and uh, have people around and make a fun night out of it 
So that will be maybe the next uh, next step. Next chapter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I usually wrap up my interviews with the same question with every guest, and it's uh, basically what would you say is the most valuable lesson that you feel you learned from skateboarding? Mm, maybe be patient and open to people and things. Like you never know what is going to happen. You never know who you're going to meet. Mm. And uh, I know some of my friends are shy skateboarding. Like for example, the Tio Moga. Sometimes he's a bit shy, and I'm saying like Tio, you're in Paris. There's so many people there. Like just try to talk to people. Sometimes I mean he does more now, but he's a really good skater. By the yeah, way, he's yeah, he's a really good really skater, good. and he's like worked on it to like talk to more people and stuff. Like in skateboarding, I think networking is also like, very important. It's the sure. people you know that will help you uh, progress or uh, to get you like some freelance job in filmmaking or sponsors and all the opportunities that you can have in, in skateboarding. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like be open to people, travel and be patient as well to make projects that you care for. Because nowadays everything is simple with Instagram. You can like share a clip that you film. Yeah. But if you're like, okay, let's be patient. Let's save that one. And then the next day you film another one and another one. And then you get a part. And then you can, if your friends are doing the same thing, you get the full video and you get like a, you know, a cool project that will be rewatched with your friends for years to come. So yeah. Sometimes, like, try to not be too much, you know, on the go. Like, oh, I need to post it tonight or I need to post. I need to do something. Like, I think Rick Robin, the music producer yeah, guy. Yeah, you say, talked about him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He posted a thing last time. It was, like, quality over deadlines. Mm. So, no deadlines. Just try your best. Try to craft something. And it's the same when you try a, a skateboard trick, you know. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't work first try. And you have to come back another day. You have to, you know, try again. Sometimes you need to fix the spot and until like, you, you get the trick. And mm-hmm. that lesson, I think you can use the same in life. When you look for a job, when you, uh, I don't know, even for a relationship. Yeah. You, yeah. Can, you know, you have to be patient. You have to be calm. Be open to opportunities. Never say no too fast. Also, be curious when people uh, eat you up for something. Mm-hmm. You know. You never know. Like, for example, your podcast, I think I've listened to the second episode with uh, Greg Poissonnier. And yeah. it was uh, still brand new, but I was like, oh, new podcast, French podcast. Like, you're French, but you do yeah, the yeah. podcast in English. But I was like, oh, okay, let's listen. Because Greg Poissonnier, like OG in France, and doesn't have a lot of uh, interviews because there's right. not really a lot of podcasts in skateboarding in France. No, for sure. There's just one, basically. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, finally, like some interviews of French skaters outside of Big Spin Podcast. So yeah, sometimes you never know. Like you see something, a clip, even if it's like 100 views, you you can like find something good, you know, when you search online for stuff, for information, for music as well. Yeah. Keep an open mind uh, in general. Yeah. It's interesting that Rick Rubin um, quote that she said. Yeah. I'm definitely going (laughs) to meditate on that. Yeah. Yeah quality over deadline and the other one that i like that he said was do what you can with what you have nothing else is needed something like that <laughs> that's a good one too yeah sometimes you you know you don't have the big exposure you don't have like the big uh, sponsors in your town you don't have you know in montpellier it's pretty hard for us in skateboarding but we are trying to like yeah. we do what we can videos and three or four years or something like uh, that's yeah. pretty impressive with covid full jobs on the side yeah shitty skate park as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
So, you know, do what you can with what you have. You don't have the spots, you make it work. You don't have the, the best camera, but you make it work. You know, sometimes you have to use what you have and, and do the best, yeah. Okay, well, let's wrap it up with the friends questions. Okay. Let's see. I'll have to listen to this first one. Hey, Bastian. Hope you're doing good. Miss you here in Malmö. So I'd like to just ask you who's your favorite and least favorite skater to film with and uh, maybe just tell some stories about filming with different skaters during the last couple of years and what you've experienced there as you film with some very uh, specific skaters that like they're filming in one type of way and uh, how do you normally work with that? Hope you're doing good. Cheers. Yeah, dumb. <laughs> you recognize Tom Bodwid? Yeah, for sure. Uh, favorite skaters to film? Uh, maybe, yeah, my friends. Like, I try to, I mean, even, yeah, someone who is nice can respect the filmer's time. Mm. Someone who understands that filming takes time and energy. And some people, they don't get it. Like, they just want the clips. And on the same day, uh, they're like, oh, send me the clips. And you're like, oh, just <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm fortunate to film with people that I like and they're my friends and they understand that it takes a while to make a part and they don't ask me for the clips uh, right away. Too or, fast, yeah. Yeah, and also they, they trust me on the final project. They don't, you know, like I don't show them the video, but they trust me on the final thing. So also they trust me on the angle and how it's going to be filmed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's nice. But like all the scares than my friends... It was, yeah, fun to film with uh, Ben, Corpo, uh, Victor as well. Tom also was really nice. Mm -hmm. And a funny story was uh, filming with uh, Soy Panday. Oh, yeah? Because Soy is so chill. He's like, I'm going to do one nose many and we're going to drink coffee. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, I'm done for today. So, yeah, it was like super... Uh, he was like, ah, I'm okay. I did my trick. That's good enough, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's good enough. I did my nose money first try. I'm good now. <laughs> Just drink coffee. Let's go chill. <laughs> yeah. But also, yeah, kind of glad that I filmed some uh, really, like, OG scares, like Jeremy Daclan. Yeah. Like, growing up, watching cliche video and stuff, and then you're, like, working with him and also filming him. Yeah, also filming Boris Proust, same, and Luc Anglès, like, the OGs. Montpellier, yeah. uh, Montpellier OGs. That's it. My friends and the OGs. Okay, this next one is from uh, Maxime, Maxime Garlinck. Okay. I guess we can talk about one or the other. He said, you should ask him about Henri Libre, an association through which we're trying to replicate the Bordeaux model in Montpellier. Or maybe ask him about his passion for Bobby de Kaiser. <laughs> <laughs> so you can choose. Okay, for Bobby de Kaiser, it's just, yeah, good style, good many tricks. Uh, every time you watch a part from him, you're like, damn, I need to change my dress code now. Like my... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But at the same time, when you look about the pants that you wear, they are like designer pants and they they cost a ton of money. So I'm like, oh, it's all right, I'm just going to keep wearing uh, film trucks pants or <laughs> TGs or yeah, yeah, cars. Yeah. But yeah, like on the top three scares, it will be Mark Suchu. Oh, yeah. Mark Suchu for uh, yeah, the fact that he finished his master's degree or thesis, I don't know, he did like long studies mm -hmm. just after that he did the verso and also got 30 so yeah big influence but the fact that you can like have education and also be the top skater the best skater yeah, yeah. 
And so I feel like Bobby Kaiser is kind of, a, you know, a child of Mark Suchu in the type of skating, a lot of, uh, you know, backbreakers kind of tricks. Yeah, yeah. Alley-oop and, and also he was riding for Habitat for a while. Oh, yeah. As well. So there's like some similarities in type of tricks, but Bobby has maybe a better style than Mark. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Yeah. And then... Uh, More power. Yeah. And then on the top three, we'll put Yalte. Oh, yeah. Alberg, for uh, like the tall guy power in manuals. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of fun yeah. to see. Also like uh, Brad Cromer. So it's not only Bobby De Kaiser. It's this type of guys. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and uh, Henri Libre is uh, an association we did in Montpellier to have street spots in the center of the city. Mm-hmm. Because the only skate parks that we have I mean, now we have the new one in, uh, it's Gramont. called Gramont. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you still have to take the car or the bike or it's kind of far away from the center. Right, yeah. And uh, it will be cool to have like some street spots in the center like they have in Bordeaux. They have, you know, like a, a ledge or two in a place, you know. Mm-hmm. The same in Malmo, I think they have like some, not skate parks, but like some skate spots made by the city for skaters in the center. Right. And that will be cool. You know, sometimes after work, you don't want to go in into a traffic jam just to go skate yeah no, for you sure. just want you know jump on your board cruise around go to skate flag around and some ledges and maybe meet up with some friends you know after in the center you know like some non-skate friends that can be in the center and you can meet them you know like when you are in Gramont you are like pretty much isolated from the non-skaters <laughs> you know you are like far away in the skate park Mm-hmm. and also that doesn't promote skateboarding for people that don't skate i feel like if people sit down and watch skaters skate that we maybe change their perspective on it absolutely yeah you know like you can understand it better you can understand you can see that there is a good community people you know like they cheers up for each other they uh, you know high five each other and yeah, 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 yeah. there's like a big encouragement on tricks and you can see also the patience on people for sure yeah when trying something so yeah that's we created that with uh, maxime and lionel and clement they are part of the beer crew as well and Yeah, maybe, hopefully, the city will listen to us and <laughs> create some so- small spots. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, it's going to happen, but we never know. Montpellier is kind of hard for that. Like Even for the skate park, it, it took so long to have, a, finally, a real skate park in Montpellier. So mm. We'll see. Yeah, I guess uh, you need probably to do some like meetings with city officials yeah. and try to explain and just show them that it, it would be valuable for the city and not just for the skate community. And also, if they do that, we're going to have one of the biggest skate parks in France. If we have also street spots and we have like the perfect weather, you know, Montpellier is very dynamic. It's a very like student city. So yeah. a lot of people, I think, will be uh, interesting to go to Montpellier if we had like more. Yeah, more skatable spaces yeah. and inside the city. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's do the next one. Hey, guys, what's up? Hi Quentin, hi Bastian, this is Theo, here's my question for Beyond Boards. So Bastian, listen, I know you spent a few months in San Francisco, and I know you spent a few months in New York, so I wanted to know, which city did you enjoy the most? Alright, see you next time. At first I was like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Theo, right? Theo Moga? Yeah, Theo Moga. Uh, it was like two different times between SF and New York. 
when I was in SF, I was working, I was staying in a, in a hostel. Okay. So the vibe was different than New York where I was studying and staying in an Airbnb room. So, I don't know, two different times. I like both. Both trips were amazing for me. But I guess SF will be uh, top one. Your, your favorite, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have more, like, more local friends in SF. Yeah. You spend longer, a longer yeah. period of time. Longer there, time. So, yeah. And also, like, I wouldn't be in New York if I didn't have the opportunity in SF also. SF was, like, the starting point for pretty much everything. For a lot of things, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do the next one. This one is from your brother, actually, from Matisse. Okay. <laughs> so he said, do you prefer Twin Peaks or Phantom of the Paradise and why? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of easy because Twin Peaks is a, a TV series and Phantom of the Paradise is a movie. Yeah, so. yeah. I haven't seen uh, Phantom of the Paradise, but yeah. Yeah, Phantom of the Paradise probably my favorite movie because it's short, super dynamic. The music is perfect and it's a very strange movie, but I don't know. It really like made up my childhood. Okay. And Twin Peaks also was a big discovery when I watched it. I was like amazed by it. And it was funny because I watched it And that was, yeah, like at the same time where they released the season three. Third season, yeah. Yeah, so I was like amazed about all the thing happening. I didn't know like it was a big thing back then and they stopped after season two and nothing was happening. And then I was like, okay, I'm watching it right now. I'm like into the, the story. And then I'm like, oh, season three is coming out like in a few months. So mm. I was really excited about it. And season three is maybe one of the most bizarre thing that I've watched. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I still can't understand the end of it, so... No, me neither. That's why I'm like, I love it because I can debate about it for hours. So. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and also, yeah, it seems it's not a big budget, so there's like a lot of bad uh, special effects sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's really, I don't know, there's a vibe to it and I love it. <laughs> okay, let's do this one. What's up, Bastion? Uh, it's no surprise that you spent a good amount of time in the States. I just wanted to know, I'm sure a lot of people want to know, like, what was your favorite memory of the USA hostel in San Francisco and how you feel that your time in the U.S. has uh, shaped your viewpoint, both in life and in skating? Is that flash, right? Yes. Street chili. <laughs> Street chili, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was my American brother, I guess. <laughs> He was living on the same block where I was staying at the USA hostel. So I was always like sneaking him in the parties at the USA oh, hostel okay. because it's, it was a hostel only for foreign people. So the Americans, they couldn't get in. But because I stayed a long time there, uh, I could like enter without showing my keys. So I was giving him my keys. And so he was like following me. Uh, we were going to the parties there. And it was so fun. Like every Saturday night, they had like a free drinks party. And it was crazy. You like party with people from everywhere around the world. Nice. And uh, also at the same time, I was still young. And yeah, I've learned a lot about life and work and everything. Like I've talked before, like SF really like changed my life pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, thanks to Tyler, who gave me the opportunity uh, at TRX and also Flash, who was showing me around because he's like a true local there. Even when I came back, I don't know, he organized like a big dinner on the first night and paid me for the Uber to go to the airport and stuff like some small stuff like that. You know, I f you, know you feel welcome there. Yeah. And you feel like part of 
Your almost like a, a local, of, yeah. yeah. Mm. And uh, I thought maybe it will be different. And when I came back, I was like, okay, already like I'm going to a hostel. I'm getting in a room with like eight other scares by luck, you know. And it's like kind of crazy. Yeah. I was kind of worried. I was like, oh, I'm going to be with other kind of people. And in a big, like nine people's doors room, it could be heavy. But then yeah. by chance, I'm like with a perfect crew of Canadians that were so fun. And for them as well, they were worried to have like one guy who was not a scare in the room. But then it was me. So I was like, Perfect, perfect you know yeah. and so i pretty much did the little trip in may with them and also i could see like flash again and some of the friends and it was like short but best time ever mm. <laughs> so yeah every time i go there even yeah when i like the question to you asked about new york versus sf like even new york was sick like i met some really good friends there but they were not really from new york i met a guy from uh, czech republic who was there at the same time as me and yeah he was looking for friends as well so mm -hmm. we were always together I met some french people also and also met a friend who was not skating that i met in sf a few years before and he was he moved in, in new york when i came back so i feel like there's yeah, another part of me that's there in the in the u.s yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks like it yeah like another group of friends and uh, you know and even when i talk in english i feel like i switch my brain i don't know if that does that to you when you have to speak in english like you have to think differently as well for sure yeah yeah like i was always like a shy kid and then i'm like okay i'm in the u.s working there meeting people from everywhere and i'm talking with everybody without being shy yeah and i'm like okay that's a big improvement so. mm -hmm. Maybe the fact that speaking in English makes uh, less pressure. Yeah. I lived in New York for a couple of years, as I told you before, and uh, I really liked uh, living in the States, just being a foreigner, basically. And yeah. uh, kind of like what you were saying, I felt more comfortable over there than I do here, which is a bit strange. Yeah. But uh, So do, do you plan on going back to SF sometime soon or, or you, were, you were just there? But uh, uh, Yeah, I was just there. I think now it's time for a flash to meet up in France. They need to come here. <laughs> yeah. And also it will be cool to meet up with the Canadians. So that will be like the next big destination, I guess. Okay, this next one is from Pierre Bonafé. Yeah. So he said, ask him what he thinks about health and skating because he's super into stretching, cold showers, he works out, he eats well. We've talked about this a few times. Yeah. You've told me that you did the, the cold showers. I don't remember. Uh, did you hear about that through Andrew Huberman or something like that? Uh... Yeah, I, I mean, Pierre is also uh, a lot into fitness and health and stuff like that. Like We are trying to uh, motivate each other <laughs> about being healthy. But I like to feel like good. And sometimes like when you work all day and you pretty much spend eight hours in front of the computer, mm. you need to do some stuff on the side to make you feel good. So some stuff that I've heard from Andrew Bellman, uh, like the cold showers, not drinking coffee first time in the morning. Right. Uh, eating healthy, try to do more uh, strength training, go to the gym and stuff like that. But the cold shower, I think it was randomly, uh, I think one time I got sick, like just a cold. And I found about Wim Hof, which is a guy uh, who has like a certain type of meditation and also does uh, cold showers and ice bath. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing is, when you take a cold shower, your body is going to heat up. So you get warm after a cold shower, pretty much. 
Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I was, I was like, oh, I mean, that makes sense. You know, sometimes when you take some snow in your hand, you can feel your hand burning pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So that's like the same principle. Like you go to take a cold shower. When you get out, your body is going to be more, you know, stressed and you're going to eat up your body. When it's winter, you will likely get less sick if you do cold showers. Interesting. I never heard about that. Okay. And I think Andrew Bermet says the same, but the opposite. Like before going to bed, you want to have your body cold, like cooler. Yeah. yeah. So you have to take a hot shower at night and cold shower in the morning. Well, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. So when you take the hot shower, then your body is going to get more, uh, not freezing, but cold. Try to get cooler because mm. your body went heat up. So okay, okay. that's the thing about like the cold showers. But stretching, uh, I need to do more than <laughs> that mm. I do. I try just like foam roller and stuff like that. But, but yeah, just try to survive the office lifestyle of being on the chair for eight hours. Yeah. And also, yeah, feel better when it's weekend and you can skate. And if you didn't do anything during the whole week, you know, if you only been sitting down the whole week and then you try to skate on the weekends, that's when you get hurt or you don't feel good skating. So that's why I like, right. try to implement some other stuff in the lifestyle to feel better. Okay, let's do this other one. Yo, Beyond Boards, what's up? This is Slimy J here calling in with some surprise questions for your interview with Bastion Regest, the good homie from Montpellier, France. First question, me and all the homies, we're, we're dying to know, how the hell did you manage to smuggle the ZZ toy with you back to France? Like, did you stick it in a baguette or in some stinky cheese or something? Like, how the hell did you get it back there? You know, Bastion was the last person seen near the ZZ toy, so we know he's got it. Quick follow-up question, number two. How does it feel to get such a sick MBD banger at 3rd and Army? I mean, the spot's dust. It's so hard to skate. Everything's been done, but uh, Bastion managed to pull a, pull a fast one and get an MBD out there, super styly. Peace. Yeah, some of the Canadians. Hako is the, yeah, pretty much the TM of the crew. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I didn't realize he was one of those guys, okay. Yeah, he's uh, pretty much the, the TM of the Canadian crew, like the one filming a lot and knowing all the spots. Okay. Nice dude. Super into skating and filming as well, so... About the ZZ Toy, it's one of the guys of the Canadians. Uh, we were staying in the, um, in the district where you have a lot of uh, strip clubs and, you know, adult stores. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> one of the guys bought uh, a dildo and we were just pranking each other <laughs> with, with the it. dildo. Yeah, okay. yeah, and we hide the dildo in the ballroom of the hostel on the last day. Okay. Yeah, we put it somewhere where everybody can see it, but at the same time, it's hard to see. And he stayed there until maybe three weeks or two weeks after I left. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But they removed it. Yeah, they just say I took it back with me, but oh, it's not okay, true. Okay. It's still at the hostel somewhere. I don't know where it's <laughs> I mean, I think the staff removed it, but it stayed. It was hiding somewhere <laughs> in front of everybody, but <laughs> at the same time, you couldn't see it. Okay. Yeah, it was just a fun prank. Every time you go back to the room, you never know where is it. And sometimes it's <laughs> on the lamp, sometimes it's on your shoes, and sometimes in your pillow. So. And um, uh, the second question... Uh, yeah. yeah, the third in 
I mean, I can't really spoil it because it's gonna be in their videos. Oh, okay, okay. It was filmed by him with the VX, so it's gonna be in their videos, so I can't really say. Is it one trick or is it a line? No, it's a, just a trick. Uh, maybe it's ABD already, but it was NBD for me. I never done it, so kind of learned the trick on the way. It was cool. Cool. So I don't know what's coming out, but we'll see. Okay, let's see. Let's do this one. Hi, Bastien. I have a question for you. How you imagine your life in 10 years? I didn't get who was this. That's uh, Bastien Marlin. Ah! <laughs> Do you recognize the accent? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my life in 10 years, it's hard to say. Like, you never know, you never know what's going to happen. So it's kind of impossible to know. I guess I'll be still skating, still filming, maybe not in Montpellier. Yeah, hopefully still be healthy. Other than that, I don't really know. Maybe in the US, we'll see. Okay. It's hard to say because, like, you know, sometimes accident or opportunities can go super quick. So you never know what's next. And I'm just, yeah, following along. And I feel like everything is connected and everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, like everything that happened, I don't know. It's always like something connected to it. So it's hard to know like the past that you're gonna have sometimes you know you take one opportunity that will lead you to an, an unexpected place so hard to say but hopefully mm -hmm. healthy still skating still filming we'll see still a long ride okay this one is from uh, marcus bengtson you know films for poetic collective oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so he said first of all the world wonders or i do actually know since we discussed this between us what kind of camera setup do you film skateboarding with And to build on that question, is the setup you have the best for filming skateboarding, according to you? Or do you have another setup that would be your dream setup for filming skateboarding? Yeah, it's still like a very technical question. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as I said, I have the GH5 with the Makey Fisheye 3.5. I also have like a Sam Young Fisheye with the Metabones for filming 16 by 9. Mm -hmm. So I can do like both formats, depends of, on the Fisheye. And then I have like a long lens camera, Panasonic HCX 1500 something. Okay which is a, a good camera that's light and good quality. But I feel that if you want to have the perfect camera for skateboarding, that will be like the typical like VX1000 with the MK1 or the HVX with the Extreme Fisheye because that's the look of all the professional videos. Mm. Even though they are like outside of skateboarding, they are like super old cameras and shitty cameras. <laughs> <laughs> But at the same time, they are like the reference and everybody used that for skateboarding so i guess if i had access to this type of camera maybe i will have more opportunities in skateboarding to film but since i don't i try my best with what i have and try also to experiment with the camera that i have access to mm -hmm. but I f yeah i feel like if i had a vx or hvx with the big extreme fisheye maybe if filming skateboarding will be more serious for me but i'm not sure mm -hmm. At the same time, it's fun also to try to showcase what you can do with other type of cameras. Because other than the setups that I have, except the VX or the HVX, I don't know what else, like what kind of camera that I can buy. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, if I have access to a 9,000 euros fisheye, okay, let's do it, mm -hmm. but <laughs> it's not the case. <laughs>
Not yet, at least. And I, I don't, I don't know why it's so expensive. I mean, it's because it's not in production anymore. But yeah, like the perfect camera will be a small camcorder with a three CCD sensor that can film up to 60 FPS at full HD. And maybe if they make a mini extreme fisheye and maybe with the, like a natural handle on the camera, that will be like the perfect skate camera for nowadays. But that doesn't exist yet. No, doesn't exist. So. Okay, let's finish with this very last one. Salut Bastien, c'est Nico. We actually only know each other through Instagram, but well enough to know that you're a fucking nerd when it comes to skateboarding and skate videos in particular. And I mean that in the best way possible. So as I guess somewhat of a fellow nerd, I got three questions for you. First one, which would you consider your favorite obscure skate video? Something that probably nobody has ever seen before, but uh, a video that you would recommend everybody to watch. Second question, who would you consider the biggest nerd, the nerdiest person you know in skateboarding? Could be a friend of yours or anyone else. Really interested to hear that. Who would you give the crown of the nerds within skateboarding? Third one, and that's probably the hardest one to answer, but I, I guess you will come up with something. What do you consider the uh, least useful bit of information about skateboarding or skate videos that's living rent-free in your head? Really interested to hear what you'll be coming up with and hope you had a good time with Quentin. Wish you a good one and hope that our paths will at some point, well, also cross in real life and not only via DMs. Really hope to make my way to Montpellier sometime. I don't know when, but sometime we're going to make it happen. Yeah, Nico from uh, Irregular. Irregular, yeah, yeah, Nico Uller. Yeah, the best. So the first one was the favorite obscure skate video. Oh yeah, video. favorite obscure skate video. I don't know. Some YouTube edits back then that I found. Maybe like the Mark Suchu Ghostbuster part when he was like a kid. I haven't seen that. That's like the first Mark Suchu part I've seen. And I was already a fan. But he was like a still small kid doing technical stuff. Okay. And the video is edited on the, the Ghostbuster music. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I think okay. it's called like Mark Suchu Ghostbuster parts or something. Oh, I need to check that out, yeah. And then the biggest nerd... Probably the guy who is doing the overthinking skate video Instagram. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know his name, but he's really good on the spotting stuff. Also, um, I think Daniel Shimizu has like a Instagram nerd skate trivia page. Oh yeah, and they yeah, always yeah. have like useless, unknown uh, uh, yeah, useless, useless knowledge. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and they always have like the hardest skate trivia question on their Instagram. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. I can give them the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> But also like more local and true man, Burbank. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Adrien Bucca. Adrien, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The guy who does like dark slides. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 he's a big nerd as well. Like during COVID, a lot of people like on Instagram started to do like skate quiz and blind tests and stuff. And I was like competing against him. <laughs> like I remember like Nosebone did like a blind test live contest and he won and I finished second and we were oh, like just okay. battling about trying to find uh, skate video songs live <laughs> but I was like yeah maybe at one point I could <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the third question was yeah, like, like the least the... Uh, useful bit of information about skating or skate videos that's living uh, rent-free in your head. What's something like not useful? It's hard to say on this one, but there's so many. 
don't know, like when if you know I can like say like a line of someone who said something in an interview on the night club or something like I don't know part of an interview that's like two hours long and you, you remember like one part of the interview or something like that or yeah also just knowing about all the songs from skate videos that's like kind oh, of yeah. a useless talent <laughs> <laughs> or just knowing about two tricks that are on the same spot some people remember all the tricks that have been done on one spot and they know exactly like if it's nbd or abd and mm. like the instagram page called useless wooden knowledge yeah, that's it <laughs> Okay, let's wrap it up here. Thank All you right. so much, Bastien. Yeah, thank you for the questions and also the friends' questions. That's it for my conversation with Bastien. Follow him on Instagram at Bastien underscore Rogest, R-E-G-E-S-T-E. Follow the beer crew at beer underscore video and go watch all of their videos from the last few years, particularly their latest one, Beer 3, on YouTube. And while you're on there, subscribe to his page at Bastien Rogest to check out some of the other videos he's worked on for Film Trucks and Bonjour Urethane that we talked about. Thank you for tuning in. See you soon for a new episode of Beyond Wars.